Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters podcast. Your favorite data nerds are back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the chief economist here at CAR, and I'm joined by the real brains of the operation, our deputy chief economist, Oscar Way. Hey, Oscar. Hey, Jordan. Hi, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well and uh, and uh, ready for the weekend we're doing it on Friday. That's right. Um, and But we have a lot of things to cover before Friday. Um, yeah. And it's been a while been a while and it seems like everybody is pretty busy so we wanted to go through the the housing numbers which kind of back that that up because the market continues to do well although there's a little bit more nuance that we want to talk through uh coming up and of course we we have the kind of broader environment and there's a lot of updates on the kind of macro front be it from jobs or on the covid numbers or what's happening with interest rates and so we're going to run through all of that stuff for you here to get you caught up on on what's happened since we've been away. And we wanted to start with the housing market because we continue to see strong growth, but we also see that that buyer fatigue has continued to weigh on the overall level of home sales in California, right? Yeah, I mean, we have been saying it. We have been saying that, okay, second half of the year, it's probably going to slow down. Right. And when we, we're not saying it, we have not been saying it just because we felt like we wanted to say it. Sure. We have been seeing some numbers and those numbers show up, you know, again in June. Now you're right. You know, we are, we, we saw you know, June sales being very, very solid, you know, at uh, 436,000 plus some change. Yeah. Um, but of course, if you if you look at that number only, you know it's a very good number. But if you look at how, how it compares to the previous months or so, it's a little bit softer compared to you know what we saw at the end of twenty twenty when right. it was like five hundred and ten ish or so. Yeah, we were at like fifteen year highs six seven months ago, and so even as we continue to grow by almost thirty percent on a kind of year to year basis, we have been sliding slightly from where we were, you know, when when things were just kind of running head and shoulders above anything that we'd seen in in a very long time. 436,000 is still a great number from the standpoint of anything kind of post 2010 outside of the last 12 months, right? And so the numbers are still uh, pretty good, but again, just, you know, prices have gone up so much. You have uh, still, you know, pretty tight inventories, even though we have some good news to report on that front, or at least some encouragement on that front, but you know, it's uh, it's just slightly slower than what it has been up to this point in the recovery. Yeah, I mean, some areas are doing, you know, when you look at just the numbers, some areas are doing really well, like right. Bay Area is doing very well. Now, of course, we have to keep in mind, you know, during the COVID, um, Bay Area got hit hard. Sure. And Southern California also got hit hard. So when you compare it to, you know, sort of the low base comparison, it's showing some very decent, very decent increase. But nevertheless, it's still a pretty, uh, you know, solid month, even compared to, you know, the uh, first half of the year. It's just a little bit slower. Yeah. And it's broad based across both the segments and geographically, right? You mentioned that that the Bay Area and Southern California are still doing well, but it was pretty broad based beyond just that, right? Because we had 44 out of 51 of the counties going up and we still had pretty broad based growth across price segments. And I think that top end still doing well. 
Yeah, top end definitely uh, are doing well. Uh, we already know when we have been talking about the low end actually being very tight in terms of supply, but also, you know, the economic impact, uh, uh, the economic recessionary impact hit the low end a little bit more. So it's not a surprise that the high higher price ranges are doing better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in, in, in general, the first half of the year, if you just look at, you know, the first six months, it's actually growing by uh, close to four, 34%. Wow. Yeah. So that's a, a, a big increase. And that's why, you know, even though we do see pending sales having gone down and it does suggest, you know, and I think that's the first time that we've seen that in more than a year, but it, it, it suggests that the pace of sales will continue to slow a bit. Um, but, you know, we're still running at a, a pretty solid clip in terms of overall supply. And the reason why we could be optimistic, maybe that we won't fall too far below that kind of 430, 435,000 unit pace is because we're finally starting to see some new listings come on board. Although uh, you, you wouldn't know it if you just looked at the headline unsold inventory <laughs> index, right? Yeah, I mean, of course, when you, we look at the unsold inventory index, it's usually a calculation between sales and you know supply. Right. So you know when you have a little bit more sales in one month, it may shows it may you know suggest that the uh, the the su supply side is actually you know lowering or you know being reduced. But in fact, you know we are seeing some active listings increase in May and uh, from May by a double digit, close to you know a little bit more over fifteen percent, which is right. not bad, not yeah. bad at all. Yeah, we're still got a long way to go, but we, we're not used to seeing listings go up uh, at all. And, you know, it's it's actually, I think, one of the first times we've seen it actually, uh, you know, go up on a year to year basis in terms of how much we're actually adding to the MLS every day. And, and that's important, right, because we need those listings to outpace all the demand that's out there so that we, you know, can have a, a normalizing of price growth and we get more buyers into those those properties. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 slow. We're seeing, you know, a little bit more every week or so. Yeah, but it's getting there. But at the same time, you know, you have to uh, take into account yet yeah, last year, we did not have much of a seasonality. Yeah, this year, you know, we have a little bit more seasonality, it looks like, you know, uh, kids will be going back to school in the fall. So the right. uh, parents, they have to kind of plan ahead. They're not going to buy a house or sell a house in September, October now. So there is a little bit more seasonality. And we're seeing those seasonality pattern, not only in sales, but also in supply. Right. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, even as as we see those new listings go up a little bit in terms of how many we're adding to the MLS every day, still like almost every county is lower than they were at this time last year. And so, you know, it's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, but we still uh, don't want to over celebrate. But again, it seems like we sell whatever we put on the market. And so just even a little bit of inventory uh, will be just what what the doctor ordered, because, you know, we we are starting to face increasing <laughs> challenges with the fact that uh, that supply has been so tight for as long as it has, because again, and I know we start to sound like a broken record. It's like every two weeks we come back and talk about how prices are now at a new all time high. We're having to find new nomenclature for the for the word all time high uh, because we set another record last month in terms of prices. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 common now to see the number going above 800,000, but it's for the third consecutive month. And, you know, most likely in the upcoming month, we may see, you know, another 800 because we don't have the numbers yet, but, you know, most likely we'll see another number. And that, yeah. of course, has a lot to do with 
uh, the supply, how tight the supply is, despite the fact that it's actually increased a little bit, it's still at a very tight level. Yeah. We're still looking at, you know, uh, when we look at the year over year increase in price because of how tight the market is, we're still looking at, you know, an increase of what, 30% ish or so. Right. And it's been up there for several months running. And so that's, uh, that's a challenge. We do see that starting to decelerate, right? So believe it yeah. or not, thirty percent is actually smaller uh, than where it was <laughs> a month ago. I think we almost we were pushing forty percent on a year to year basis. I know, in, yes, in May, and so this is a bit of a of a deceleration. And and you know the other thing to keep in mind, obviously, is that it matters what we're selling, right? So we did right. a, a talk with. Dr. Lawrence Yoon on Monday uh, talking about price growth. And he mentioned that, you know, the mix of sales does play a big role, um, but that still even the case Schiller is showing like 15 plus percent growth in the Bay Area and Southern California. And so um, there is, is some real honest to goodness price appreciation, but it's important to keep in mind that just as he saw at the national level, um, you know, those high end homes continue to outperform here in California as well. Yeah. And, and I have to say, you know, uh, from the national perspective, they may actually not see as huge a spectrum as we do. Because right. you know, in California, we stretch from what zero or you know hundred thousand to somewhere around three million, four million, and we have we do have a lot of you know two three million dollars home in a Bay Area. So it's pretty obvious to me when the sales of uh, the mix of sales change. Maybe yeah. not as much you know at the national level. Exactly. Yeah. So there's not just as as wide of a of a dispersion, but you're still getting those those one million and up and two million and up selling, you know, growing by over a hundred percent on a on a kind of year to year basis. But it's it's interesting that that what we see in California, although we tend to be exaggerated both in terms of that distribution of uh, the price spectrum and and inventory you know challenges and things like that, um, it it still is largely the same story as what you see nationwide, right? Because they had sales that were actually up in June, but they're seeing that same kind of moderation or normalizing in the market. Yeah, very similar pattern. You know, they have been uh, showing some uh, declining trend uh, since the beginning of the year, despite the fact that in, in June, they did increase slightly by 1.4%. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to follow a similar seasonal pattern that they did not see last year in 2020. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, chances are very likely that they will see some decline, just like what we have been seeing. But, you know, they are seeing very similar pattern as well, as far as, you know, inventory and price. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're starting to see some some initial signs of inventory going up. They were up a little bit in May or, or from May in June, the same way that we were for the first time in a while. Mm -hmm. I think theirs was a little bit more modest of a jump, but they're still also down from this time last year by double digits. And so, right. um, you know, they're still seeing double digit price growth. And, and, and I think that they're, you know, luckily for me, I think the, the good news is that it, it means supply and demand is still working, right? Because we had this hyper competitive market from about last fall, right up through June. And, and that has really started to lure some sellers back into the market, causing price growth to cool. Um, some buyers have gotten fatigued and actually that Fannie Mae home purchase sentiment shows a very similar trend in terms of buyers becoming more fatigued as what we see in our consumer survey and actually what our members are telling us weekly in our in our member survey. And so, um, you know, it, it seems like that is is playing itself out, not just in California, but across the, the rest of the, the country as as well.
Yeah, I mean, of course, we we for a moment or for a month or two, we might be thinking, what happened to the consumers? They have you know a lot of money to spend, even though you know the the market has been you know the price has been increasing by a lot. But of course, eventually things will come down. Things will actually slow down a little bit in terms of price growth, and we're seeing that. I mean, yeah. it's still pretty pretty strong uh, at you know a double digit gain, but uh, I think you know we are going to see a little bit of uh, a softening. Now the other. Part of it that we we always talk about is you know um, the distress sales whether it's going to increase supply right um, and we are seeing a similar trend at the uh, state level as the uh, national level right that's right yeah so you know very minimal numbers of of distressed properties out there on the marketplace in part because so many folks actually have home equity, right? So even when you fall on tough economic times, you don't have a, you know, highly kind of unpredictable mortgage product, right? And you actually mm-hmm. have the ability because you haven't cashed out all your home equity and, and things like that to actually just sell the home. There's a lot of home buyers out there and not enough homes to put them in. And, and so that kind of creates this environment where there's not a lot of incentive to walk away from properties in the same way that there was uh, during the last cycle. And actually, you know, less than 1% of the transactions out there in June were, were you know, default. Which is what we kind of talked about before, um, that we have, you know, low level of distress sales. Coming months. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, uh, you know, for me, when you think about where the supply might come from, or where we could be optimistic, I think, you know, the, the, I, I think we might see more folks decide to get out of the rental business than we would folks who are having to walk away from from properties. So, you know, I, I would look to those former rentals maybe as a bigger source of inventory, even than, than a distressed property. So now, of course, we kind of talked about the national level. Um, what about the uh, the macroeconomic environment? Are we actually doing an okay? Uh, are we uh, are we okay with the macroeconomic environment? Is that uh, do we foresee any issues? Yes. Um, that might so, happen in second half. Right, and that so that's kind of where we end the good news. Right, is that uh, the market is still doing well even if it's normalizing a little bit. The bad news though is that you know we we. I kind of say that that COVID is going to remain a part of the nomenclature, right? Because we're we're facing challenges again on the public health front, both in terms of uh, the number of of new cases and also the the kind of um, types of of infections that we're seeing out there, which tend to be the more problematic, um, you know, kind of vaccine resistant strains and and. We're coming off the back of a big major holiday, right? The 4th of July holiday, and we're Mm -hmm. about two, three weeks out, and that's showing up, uh, unfortunately, on the public health side of this thing, right? Because California cases have started to surge again, even though they're well below those kind of highly problematic levels that we were at earlier this year. Yeah, earlier this year, just to remind everyone, you know, we had uh, what close to in California, close to 60,000 cases on a daily average. Yeah. Um, yes, it's not as high as that. You know, we might be, you know, about a tenth of it, but we we are, uh, we have been seeing, you know, an uprising trend in the last uh, past couple of weeks. Right, and you know the the cases that we're seeing are of this kind of Delta variant, which tends to be more resistant, and and you know the the positivity rate that we're seeing of folks getting tested is is 
trending back up as well. And so not only are the raw numbers uh, going up, but you're seeing more and more folks actually showing up uh, with this with this thing. And so again, that has implications for the broader economy. You've already seen that LA has reinstituted uh, the mask right. mandate. You're seeing other parts of the state considering doing that or, or talking about doing that as well. And that's going to have economic consequences of which we're already starting to see some, right? Because we we got a new reading on consumer confidence, which is probably the most real-time way that we could pick up on on this. And and that is is already showing the effects. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of different factors, you know, that that affect the consumer sentiments or consumer confidence. Yep. But, you know, clearly we're seeing some downward trend. Now, even though it's maybe just one month or so, just a slight decline, um, it could be due to inflation, but you know more and more uh, in the last couple of weeks, it could be due to um, you know the uh, the number of cases increase. There have been a lot of reports, uh, a few reports on consumer confidence. If yep. we look at the uh, the one published by University of Michigan, uh, it definitely shows a, a sharp decline in early July. Yeah, and so you know that's uh, again a, a real time reading when. Uh, you know, jobs start to to be impacted, right? Or or mm-hmm. uh, spending gets curtailed, or folks have to take more precautionary measures than that actually can uh, show up. But it's not just COVID, right? Because there's there's that. I think that that inflation piece is important. You mentioned that that you know whether whether we believe in it or not, it's partly a psychology game. But folks really are grappling with. Um, higher costs of everything out there, right? Home prices are going up, rents have started to go back up, cars are more expensive, uh, and and that tends to feed into this kind of um, psychology where folks are a little bit more pessimistic than they have been up to this point. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at a an inflation rate of what five point four percent, if I remember correctly, yeah, which compared to you know what we are used to seeing, let's say last like, year or the year before, like two two and a half percent, yeah, you know, people are feeling it. But, you know, inflationary, you know, impact is one thing, as you said, you know, but also people might be a little bit more concerned about what's going to happen if we actually have another, you know, COVID upsurge and, and you know, things are closing down again. Yeah. And people might be concerned about their jobs. Um, and that's, I think, is, is affecting their uh, uh, buying behavior as well, uh, even though we are seeing, you know, increase in, in job growth, uh, but retail sales um, is it's still, you know, trending up, but, um, you know, it might be, uh, be, it could be affected by the negative impact or the uh, perspective on the consumer, on the, um, the COVID situation. Right. Now, I mentioned about retail and I know you have some numbers uh, in regards to retail and in regards to hotel and, and yeah. restaurants. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, there's also the kind of structural aspect of this crisis, right? There's not just the cyclical piece of whether we're still in recovery or what the upsurge is going to do um, for for the recovery, right, in, in terms of whether we go up or down. But there's also the kind of how COVID's changed us aspect of this. And what's interesting is California just got a new uh, jobs report on Friday, the third right. week of, of June or the third week of July, covering the June jobs numbers. And we added about 75,000 almost jobs, give or take, about 73,500, about 45,000 of those or so were actually in uh, leisure and hospitality. So that is the bars, the restaurants, and the hotels. Only 2,500 of those jobs actually came 
out of the retail sector, right? And so it does seem like there's some kind of lasting impact there where even though, you know, consumer spending has gone up, up till a few months ago, consumer confidence was rising. It wasn't necessarily translating into an upsurge in jobs, in retail jobs at those brick and mortar restaurants the way that it was in hotels. People have gone out and started to eat again. They bring the, the wait staff back. They bring the host staff back, right? And same thing with the cleaners at the, at the hotels. But it does seem like this uh, fact that folks have, you know, maybe gotten comfortable purchasing stuff from the comfort of their, of their couch, <laughs> right, that, right. that even as the economy recovers, and actually we're even seeing upticks in spending, um, it's, it's just not creating the same kind of jobs. And so, what's what's kind of interesting or relevant to think about from our standpoint in real estate is that that's that's really being reflected in things like the commercial real estate performance right, right? because mm-hmm. i i pulled the mortgage delinquencies the mortgage uh, the cmbs delinquencies excuse me and what you see is that you know just as as kind of we've seen an uptick in spending at bars and restaurants that's led to this expansion of hotel and restaurant jobs uh, that has also been joined by a decline in, you know, those hotel delinquencies. And in fact, when you look at the retail side, just as we haven't seen that same level of job growth uh, and that same level of brick and mortar retail spending growth, what you see is that actually the CMBS delinquencies for retail in particular went back up in May and, and are likely to do so again in June. And so even as the kind of cyclical aspect of this thing is probably, you know, going to continue to fade and and the economy will continue to get better. There is going to be this kind of lasting effect or, or maybe there's hints that there might be a lasting impact on sectors like retail more so than what you see in, in tourism. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, people get used to, you know, shopping online and, you know, things like, Buying the experience, you really have yes. to actually get to, you know, a hotel or travel or, you know, you can't, I mean, yes, you can have someone deliver your food to your, to your doorstep, but at the same time, it's different, you know, right. if you want to actually have, have, have a, uh, have a meal with your friends, you actually have to be at a restaurant. So that kind of experience you really have to spend. And that, that's why, you know, we're seeing all those, you know, uh, activities, uh, you know, when you look at the uh, Google activity report and mobility reports, you see yeah. an increase, you know, in uh, people spending more and more people uh, spending time outside and more and more people spending uh, time you know, at restaurants uh, and some of the other places where you get experience. But we do see a little bit of a dip recently in the yeah. past couple of weeks. Now, it could be because of the heat, you know, and if you live in California, you're it's seeing the heat wave. Yeah. But at the same time, of course, the Delta variant uh, could be a factor as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's the same thing driving those consumer confidence numbers too. So we'll just have to keep an eye on that. And I realized also that I I lied, right? Because we talked about the good news on the market. We talked about the bad news where there's, you know, the the kind of public health issues and maybe some of the structural changes. But I forgot that we had one more piece of, of relatively good news. And that is that we're getting a bit of a break again on mortgage rates. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about, you know, inflation. When we talk about concern about inflation, you know, you and I both think, yeah, yeah, bad news. Yeah, usually it means, okay, well, interest rates have to rise at some point. But, uh, you know, of course, we have been predicting that that second half of the year, we are still going to see increase in interest rate. But uh, I think in the last couple of weeks, we have been seeing some signs that it's going to stay stubbornly below 3% for a little bit. 
Yeah. And if you, you know, depends on which measure you look at, but the, I think the Freddie Mac number was back down to 2.78% right, last it is. week. And even the Mortgage Daily News one was under 3%. And so uh, consumers, and, and, and for me, this is, I think, where we have to start thinking about freshening up the script as, as real estate professionals, right? Because we've been in an environment where there's listings are falling like crazy and that mm-hmm. rates are rising. And that is, I think, one of the, the, the kind of one-two punch for why we've seen all this buyer fatigue set in or, you know, and maybe throw on the high prices of the trifecta. But, you know, now we're, we're seeing more listings come online and rates are going back down again. And so we can kind of uh, maybe talk some buyers back into the market again Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, and at the same time, you know, if you if you look at it from our perspective, you know, as economists, we always try to explain what's going on. Why are we seeing rates going down? But so it's not a complete surprise in the, in the sense that, you know, when we see the Delta variant, COVID yep. cases uh, uh, have been up, you know, people that, you know, mortgage rates going down suggests to us that, you know, people are still concerned, still right. concerned okay. about the economic recovery. Exactly. And so when you're worried about the future economy, that tends to come with a decline in interest rates, right? Because people then Mm -hmm. flock to safety. And so demand for those bonds goes up. You don't have to uh, charge high prices, right? Or you don't see those bond prices as high. So yeah, exactly. And it looks like, you know, the Delta variant is hopefully going to be under control, but in a, in a very uh, short term, it may actually linger in for a little bit. So that's the reason why we're seeing some consumer confidence uh, declining, as well as, you know, some economists may be, uh, you know, tinkering with their forecasts a little yeah. bit to make sure that it doesn't go too uh, over encouraging. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's, uh, that's good news for us in the housing market. Because again, when people are scared, they flock to those bonds, bond prices go up, interest rates go down. And that is a good reason for buyers to uh, take advantage. Because again, even, you know, 30 or 40 basis points, or we were up at 3.3 or so one Mm -hmm. point there, uh, and then now back down to 2.8. And so that makes a big difference over the life of a you know, 30 year mortgage. And, and I think that that will hopefully help us to maintain a relatively robust clip on home sales through the end of the year, even if we're not going to be able to stay at that 510,000 unit pace that we hit late in December. So uh, I think that's the kind of balanced out view, right? We shared the good news, the reasons why we're optimistic. We shared the reasons why we uh, can't kind of over celebrate and and have to keep our nose to the grindstone and foot on the accelerator and keep talking those buyers into the market and have sellers have realistic expectations. There's a few more options for those buyers out there too. And so I think that uh, we've given you a, a good picture. Did we leave anything major out, Oscar? I think we covered everything and we uh, kind of gave an idea of what we can expect in the next you know few weeks at least in the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, so I think. Uh, uh, of course, you know, we, we, we don't always have, you know, crystal ball all the way up to the end of the year or next year. But uh, when we get more information, no doubt we will share with you guys. Definitely. And we're, we're doing our mid-year update next week. So we're tinkering with revising our projections for 2021. So probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a, a revised projection to be able to share with you. And that is always fun in terms of our, our roadmap and planning for what's to come. So we'll leave it there for now. And we'll circle back with you in the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next one. See ya. See ya.